0: Hello everyone, welcome to the We Shape Podcast. Hello today. It's just Nina and I today. And a girl's day. Different energy. It's so mellow in here. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, Tyler went on a camping trip with our older daughter. Mm-hmm. And both of them have really incredible minds and brains that also accompany So a much energy. A ton of energy. <laughs> and so I am trying to just kind of embrace a week of like different energy. Not good or bad, but just different energy. Double
1: Taurus in you is like really excited.
0: I mean, my younger one goes to bed at seven. There's going to be lots of bubble baths, reading. (laughs) You you, you know, it's going down. Um, But anyway, we have a guest today. I'm really excited. Uh, The last couple episodes I've been pulling from our rest deck, and I want to keep doing that. Let's just do it. Because uh, it's Trisha Hershey. Uh, She is the owner of the Nat Ministry on Instagram. She has an incredible book, but she also has this incredible deck. So, you want to draw today? I did last time. Oh, you did last yeah, time. Yeah, it's okay, your turn. I'm drawn. I'm drawn. Um, it's just little cards that remind us that rest is okay, and I just love doing this. Little well, daily reminders are always Ooh. good. Daydreaming is a form of rest. Mm, I like that. When was the last time you practiced daydreaming? When you are exhausted, imagination is almost impossible. Ooh that's hard. Uh, today go outside, stare at the sky and breathe. follow your mind wherever it leads you. During a daydream, you tap into a deep imagination space. you can dream yourself free. rest. Mm, I love that. Um, Albert Einstein has a good quote about imagination. He Does says he? something about like imagination is the most powerful tool or something like it like, that's, I mean, and we're, we always are. I think we, we, as children, we are taught to come out of that imagination yes. space. So, um, what a cool, cool reminder. And I love that we're promoting so much rest through WeShape. We should even have an though we're,
1: where we just nap the whole time. Yeah.
0: <laughs> even though we're a fitness company, I'm like, people need rest. It's like, I know that's counterintuitive yeah. to what we're used to hearing, especially in the fitness industry. But we're here to remind you to rest. Rest is OK. Listen to your body. The entire purpose of WeShape's product is to help you connect with your body. It's not to push you to exhaustion. So here is your gentle reminder that you're allowed to listen to your body. Um, but we're going to go into our guest today, um, Nina. I'm going to pass, pass the computer over so you can you can read her bio. I'm really excited about this one. I know when people come into E Shape, they are always like, "Okay, what do I do about my diet?" I'm like, "Oh, okay. <laughs> um, we don't we don't do diets, uh, but we can provide educational resources through the podcast to have a different perspective on our relationship with food. So we're going to get yes. into that again today.
2: Absolutely. I feel like
0: we, we have a lot of uh, intuitive eating uh, practitioners on, people who are preaching food freedom, and I like to continue to bring these guests on because I feel like sometimes we have to hear it in a different way so many times before it's like each time it clicks in a different way.
1: Oh, yeah. I mean, I think our journeys, if you really look back on like the kind of disordered habits we had for so much of our lives, it probably took like 15 years to get to where we are today. Like, yeah. no joke, 15 years of trying different things and coming to a place of like, this isn't working. Yeah. I am
0: all done. And then yeah. trying
1: something that like felt a lot kinder to ourselves.
0: Yeah, so I just so. want to keep bringing these types of experts in because I feel like... Each chance is an, is an opportunity to dissect another layer of that onion Heck yes, that got us into this mess in the first place. So without <laughs> further ado, if you want to read her bio, I right, will introduce awesome. her. So today we have Jen
1: with us. Jen is a non-diet registered dietitian. That is a beautiful sentence. <laughs> um, certified intuitive eating counselor, cat mom, and cookie dough lover. She helps women overcome binge eating, overeating, and emotional eating so that they can embody their version of food freedom. She's incredibly passionate about helping women find peace with food and their bodies because she's been through having a broken relationship with food and body image herself and knows how much those struggles can take over someone's life. Jen is dedicated to helping guide her clients and community to leave all of the shoulds of diet culture in the past and find confidence in their own inner wisdoms to guide their eating decisions, increase their self-worth, and embody their most authentic selves. Hell yes, hallelujah. Thank you so much for being with us today, Jen. Hi, Jen.
3: Hi, thank you so much for that lovely introduction. I'm so excited to be here, talk food freedom, smash diet culture, and allow people to do just that, step into their authentic selves, their authentic health, their authentic well-being. So yeah, thank you for having me.
0: Well, tell. let's start, Jen. What What brought you on this journey? How did you get to where you are today? Because it sounds like you, like many of us, especially people who identify as female, have not had a level of food freedom at all in their lives. So you must have had to go through something to get where you are today. So maybe just give us a quick overview of of how you got here.
3: Yes, I will try and give you the spark notes version because this could be a very (laughs) long story. (laughs) Um, Really, like many of us have, from a pretty young age, just having the worst body image, really wanting to change that and being in the mindset of, oh, if I change my body, then everything will be good. Right? If I just Mm -hmm. get into this version of what I think is the perfect ideal body, then I'm going to feel confident. I'm going to feel like excited. I'm going to feel more outgoing. I'm going to feel better in my body. I'm just, you know, like this narrative that diet culture sells
1: us. So of course, it will change everything, right?
3: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Like just, you know, Magically change your body and you'll magically change your life. But even through being through all the ups and downs of dieting and getting to a smaller body from where I was, it wasn't enough. Like it it was never enough in terms of whatever changes happened. But as we know, going through diets, you get into the diet cycle and you go up and down and there's a lot of fluctuations and it never really sticks anyways. So I went through all the motions, all the diets, you know, beach body, 21 day fix, Kayla, it signs bikini body guide, like all the things you could probably think of those, you know, dreaded containers that one, like, ah, just thinking about all of it, it was a lot. It was just grasping at straws. Anything that I could do to shift myself, trying to change me, it was never good enough. I ended up feeling just horrible about myself going up and down with all the diets. I ended up in a place of binge eating. So kind of this is something that I help people with now, but going from all of those years of dieting and restriction to swinging into the other side of the diet binge cycle where I just found myself binge eating and I couldn't stop and it felt mm. so uncomfortable. And I remember there's like a vivid memory I have of mine that was like the breaking point of just like slumping down to the floor with like a bag of chocolate covered almonds just crying because I'm like why can't I stop and I googled like how do I stop binge eating and it's still like even at that point I still didn't know how to do it but it was just so frustrating and I don't want people to feel like that so Mm. myself obviously to get here to where I am today I had to turn things around um and in my obsession with diets and nutrition and things, I did actually go on to pursue more of like a healthcare role, but more from this like idea of like, Oh, I just want to learn more about nutrition. Cause if I know more about nutrition, then maybe I'll be able to be good. And I started in that (laughs) journey, right? Like it's so interesting. And there's actually a lot of studies to show that a lot of folks who are studying nutrition or becoming dietitians or in that field do have these struggles themselves. Mm -hmm. And I definitely was one of those people. And until I recognized it was actually in a yoga class where I was like, things clicked for me where the instructor was like, we have to treat our bodies with respect and was talking about body respect. And I was like, Oh my gosh, I am totally the opposite of that. I'm trying to be good and I'm trying to be healthy and, I'm really disrespecting my body. And then from there, I was like, something needs to change. I learned about intuitive eating through some colleagues. And that was the path that I was like, okay, yeah, that feels like a breath of fresh air. Let me learn more about that. Let me get support there and run with that. And, you know, after time and a lot of still ups and downs, healing my own relationship with food of course I went on to become a registered dietitian a certified intuitive eating counselor myself started my business and you know here we are i help folks overcome those same struggles but yeah i've been through <laughs> the roller coaster of it myself <laughs>
1: Yeah, And it doesn't stop either, right? Like, I mean, it's kind of an ongoing, lifelong journey, even for mm-hmm. people, I think, in your position, yeah. right? Um, we had a guest on a while back who said, diet culture is like the ex-boyfriend that calls. And every uh-huh. once in a while, you think like, I'm going to pick up that phone, because <laughs> like, maybe that'd be fun to try again. And you kind of have to just keep being like, nope,
0: not today. <laughs> yeah. It's, for sure. yeah, it's a, it's, a, it's a process. And I think that we all have to also understand that a lot of the messages that we have subscribed to throughout our life, we're not gonna unlearn those overnight. Mm. And so, um, but I'd love to kind of understand what, what is your, when you, when, when you say food freedom, what does that mean to you, Jen? Like when people mm. are hearing food freedom, that sounds amazing, but like what does that really mean? Yeah,
3: no, that's a really good question because it can be so vague. And I think something that's important to me is that, and I even, you know, have this in my messaging for what I do in my programs is that I want someone to embody their version of food freedom. Mm -hmm. And that might look different for me than it does to you and other folks, right? So it could look different for everyone, but generally speaking, when we're thinking about food freedom, it's just embracing a healthy relationship with food and moving away from all of the unhealthy. I don't like those words, but that's kind of the best way we can you know, wrap our minds around it, behaviors with food. Or we could even say mm. disordered eating, right? Letting go of a lot of that and moving into a place where we can feel comfortable with food feel confident around food feel at peace with it instead of you know thinking about food all the time obsessing about food all the time stressing over all of our food decisions going in this like loop-de-loop of restricting and then binging or overeating or emotionally eating like we're letting go of those things and coming to a place where you can just feel comfortable around food. Sometimes my clients like to describe it as feeling normal, right? Like I just want to <laughs> eat normally. So it's just this place where we're letting go of all the struggle, right? And, and- I Eating like just feels like a lot more easeful. It's something we have to do every day, right? Like we have to like eat multiple times. Every day, <laughs> multiple times a day. Why do we want to like make ourselves be like, I got to like overthink every little food decision and right. do all these things and be perfect about it. And then you're just like on this constant stress level all the time because food is in our life. Like we need it. Our bodies need it. So why don't we foster that more positive relationship with the food that we're eating and our eating habits to find quote unquote (laughs) food freedom right and whatever that means it can be something along those lines and it may look a little bit different for everyone else but i think really what's behind it is not really about the food it's being able Mm. to live your life without that Mm. overshadowing everything and like stepping into that authentic you without feeling held back by stressing about food or not going to that event because you don't know what kind of food's going to be there or you feel like people are going to judge you based on how your body looks or what food choices you're making. Just like living your life without all the struggle.
2: Mm.
0: So I want to ask a question. Well, I'm curious, when your clients come to you, what is like the thing that you hear over and over and over again?
3: Mm -hmm. Lots of things. I would say that a phrase that is the most consistent with a lot of my clients is that they feel stuck right they feel stuck they're like i know this dieting thing isn't working it hasn't been working Mm -hmm. for however fill in the blank many years i've been doing it it's not working but i don't know what to do otherwise like letting myself have all the foods and you know this idea of pe- that people have in their head of food freedom or intuitive eating like letting myself do that feels terrifying and mm-hmm. even when i've tried to eat intuitively in the past i just overdo it and now i'm just stuck i'm stuck mm-hmm. i don't know how to feel normal ab- around food right and get and out what is of the first patterns. thing you usually
0: say to them when they when they say like i'm stuck like what is do you have mm-hmm. sort of a Something that you're offering them to, I don't know if it's perspective or a tool or something that can maybe help them get a little unstuck?
3: Yeah, for sure. I think there's a lot of things (laughs) that go Mm -hmm. into that aspect of getting unstuck. Absolutely. But I think really a perspective shift of that, of knowing, yes, it's valid that you're feeling the way that you're feeling because it is frustrating to be stuck in dieting and knowing that... You know, you're chasing something for a long time and never really seeing this long-term result that you were hoping for. So it makes Mm -hmm. sense that you're feeling stuck. Absolutely, that's human, right? Yeah. But opening your perspective to there could possibly be another way of doing this that you haven't had your mind open to yet, right? right? So a lot of that sense of, I guess you could call it a growth mindset of how can we unlearn because that's really what we're doing we're unlearning a lot of that stuff and relearning something different that's going to be more helpful and aligned with their values and goals for themselves and their well-being
1: mm-hmm. i think the interesting thing about the idea of being stuck too in a diet because i know i've dieted a thousand times in my life possibly more is that um you think That if you don't fit maybe society's perfect ideal of a body that you are supposed to be trying to get there Mm
2: -hmm. and that if you
1: are not on a diet you are like inherently doing something wrong Mm -hmm. like if you're not there you should be trying to get there and that is i feel like a message that's really like super common in our culture that like if your body type isn't you know the ideal then like obviously everyone is trying to do that and if you're not what's kind of the wrong what's wrong with you Mm -hmm. because i know for me like in times where I've been in a bigger or a smaller body or whatever. Like, it's always been like, well, the goal is to get here. So I must be doing something to make that possible.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And so just like readjusting the, well, it's like we talk about this all the time, that bodies aren't trends. Yeah. And that when we really sit back and zoom out and think about there being 8 billion people in the world, (laughs) why would we think that like there's one body type for 8 billion people? Right? Right. And um, so I think it's really important to just like sit with that. It's like I think what happens is we get so zoomed in to like the beliefs and the structures that that we're a part of that we forget to zoom out and ask bigger questions like that. (laughs) Um, One of the things that I have curiosity about, because I'm sure this comes up with your clients and it comes up in our community a lot. So. There are people who, and I don't, to be honest with you, I kind of just sit with their question and say, I don't know. (laughs) So I've been kind of trying to figure out how to navigate when somebody is in our community and they go to their doctor Mm -hmm. and they're like, oh, I have significant knee pain. And the doctor's like, well, you're quote unquote overweight. And so if you lost weight, this would help. And I, I don't know if I buy it all the way. Because I've had plenty of people here who've used our product and they actually didn't lose any weight and their knee pain is gone because they just focused on different movement patterns. Um, and so, like, how do you deal with people whose physicians are telling them to lose weight, but like, then it's like we don't want to diet. So I, to me, I'm like, I don't. First of all, I don't. I also have curiosity about the science. I feel like we we, I feel like we take the science that's out there around healthy body weight. And we don't look at all of it. We only look at the science that proves that thin bodies are the healthiest bodies. Right. And I have so much curiosity around, like, the science around bigger bodies because I'm like, how do we know that that I, – I, I don't know. I don't know if I'm making sense, but I'm, I'm curious, like, if you have clients who are coming to you and they're getting instructions from a doctor or they're saying, you're at risk for this, or it's like, how do we dissect all that information? How do we know what's really important to focus on and not? Yeah.
3: No, that is an excellent question, and I can appreciate that it feels like a very confusing one, (laughs) right? Yeah. There's a lot of this like (laughs) conflicting messaging going on, and you're so right that we can look at, say, research and hyper-focus on one message, but the thing with research, especially with nutrition research it's not the best, right? Like (laughs) you you don't know things for certain. There's not cause and effect. And I think that it's been very pinned that weight means like whatever your weight is, is going to cause X, Y, Z problem or all the problems Mm -hmm. are because of your weight. And I truly just do not think that that is true. And that also coming from a lot of research and from a different perspective research wise, weight stigma and the fact mm. that people in larger bodies will just get slapped on the like, oh, you just go lose weight is actually way more harmful than yes. the weight itself. It is. It's super harmful, and yeah, that's a that's a whole other thing, whole other. Well, I feel I feel like this but, is why I get
0: stuck it's, yeah. because when people bring it up in our community, I'm kind of like my answer. What I want to say is focus on something else. Like, yeah. You mm-hmm. going on a diet is, we already know statistically that like mm-hmm. diet 98 or 99% of diets don't work. So I'm not going to sit here and say that that's sound logic that your doctor's telling mm-hmm. you to do that if we know that that's not going to work. I'm like, connect with your body in a different way. Mm-hmm. But then I also don't want to be giving, like, I'm also, you know, I'm not a, a medical doctor. Mm-hmm. And so I feel like these 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 questions are complicated, but I also sure. appreciate you highlighting the research being vague and and us, you know, not really maybe knowing all that we're, that we know about the correlation between weight and someone's healthy, if they're quote unquote meeting healthy markers or not. I feel like we don't know that all the way. And I even had a woman in um, the, one of our community calls say, well, I just want to lose weight because then I can do some of these movements. And I'm like, I know people who are even bigger bodies than you who can do those movements. So it's not about your weight being – that's like a message that we have that's like the only people who can move their body in this way are people who are in smaller bodies. And I'm like, that's not true. Mm -hmm. It's just we believe that and then we just sit back and don't try to connect with our body in that way because we're like, oh, we can't do it because our body is bigger. And it's like, but that's just a belief. That's not actually even true.
3: Mm -hmm. Absolutely. It's like – it's almost like – Blaming things on weight almost becomes like a scapegoat like it's like the easy mm-hmm. like oh we're just going right. to put the blame there because that feels a lot easier than me actually like taking whatever action it is. And I definitely don't think that this is necessarily on the individual I think it's a lot of like healthcare um, weight centric right, like things that need to shift yeah the systemic issues are much bigger and why people are feeling this way but i think exactly like you were getting um or saying there really reflecting and i think when this question comes up whether it be in your community or whoever's listening to this if you relate questioning for yourself like if someone's recommending dieting to me how has that worked in the past right like mm. what does my past experience actually tell me about how that has gone for me in the past and whenever i ask my clients that they're like yeah didn't work. Like, it made me feel more out of control around food. I ended up gaining more weight in the long run. And that just didn't work, right? Mm -hmm. So I think that that's something that's really important and another thing to highlight which i find my favorite thing to uh, share with clients about this topic that comes up with doctors is them advocating for themselves but also asking this one particular question to help the doctors see a little bit differently too because we have to remember mm. that a lot of physicians or any healthcare providers even in my own education it gets very weight centric. So they're kind of focused on that. And that's maybe how they've been trained. It's shifting now, which I'm feeling hopeful about. <laughs> There's a lot of shifts okay. towards weight inclusivity in more uh, education of upcoming healthcare providers. But we have to realize that a lot out there right now are very weight centric. So a mm-hmm. question you can ask your healthcare provider if they're like, you need to just go lose weight, do XYZ diet to fix XYZ problem, you can ask them. Okay, what would you say to someone in a smaller body if they had the same problem? What would be oh, that what would is be your really response, good, Jen? Mind um, <laughs> right?
0: Yeah, so wow. that one will get because them I to be like just like you guys did. Is, like, uh, <laughs> that's amazing. I, I feel like that's what you're saying, right? It's like <laughs> that's mm-hmm. what, that's what we're talking about is. Anytime somebody comes back with blood work or anything that's like, oh, we need to pay attention to this, if they're just looking at someone and they're in a bigger body, like, oh, it's your weight. Yeah. It's like, that's not fair. It's a full discrimination bias. Yeah. There are so many people in smaller bodies who could have even worse blood markers. It's like, how do we, I I guess, Mm -hmm. yeah, it feels like to me like the science isn't all the way caught up. (laughs) That
1: question, though, is so powerful. Like, that is a tool that was not in my tool belt previously. And, like, anyone who's listening, like, write that down because I would never have thought to ask that ever ever
0: and and i also wonder if they could even have a follow-up question you know of i've done some research and i've discovered that over ninety eight percent of diets do not work, so it sounds like going on a diet might not statistically be in my best interest. Yeah. What what are your thoughts on on that recommendation? And they honestly never think about I, at least my experience of physicians
1: recommending weight loss has never been around like your mental health like at all <laughs> because mm, mental no. health is a huge part of yeah. our physical health. Like they just leave that yep. completely out of the equation. They're like you should lose weight because your body needs to change whatever marker that they've decided, and then they don't think about the complications of like the mental health piece because for some people that's a really like scary place to be
0: and that's why when people come here i'm like we one of the pillars of we shape is intention it's like i'm really begging people to shift their intention like shift your intention to connecting and moving in your body shift your intention to getting a lot of rest at night shift your intention to finding joy and to connecting with friends and people who you know make you feel good in your life like shift your intention to connection with self, and then make decisions from there. If we are, if our intention is to like lose weight and track the number on the scale, you're literally signing up for a miserable existence. And you're
1: missing out on a lot of things. I know when I was like obsessed on those particular things, it occupied a lot of mental space for me. A hundred. And my life has since expanded quite a bit, given up those practices. Well, it was
0: so funny because when we started doing this work, I had a scale in my house and then I got rid of it, which I'm kind of bummed because now I can't weigh my animals because <laughs> I have all these giant animals. I want <laughs> to much they weigh. It's very large cats. <laughs> and dogs. Or a dog that's a very giant. And so... Um, I, like, said to Tyler the other day, I'm like, oh, let's go weigh Ziggy. I wonder, I want, like, she, like, I'm just so, I want a dog that's over 100 pounds. He's like, this She's is a weird goal. This is a weird goal. <laughs> and he was like, we don't have scales. And I was like, oh, you're right. And then last night I went to a friend's house and I went in her bathroom and she had a scale. And I almost went to step on it and mm. I paused. And I said, what is your intention right now? why are you going to like I just out of habit it was just sitting on the floor it wasn't like tucked away or it was just there and like out of habit I almost went to just step on it out of curiosity and I paused and I said what is your intention from this Mm -hmm. even if you got a number you wanted what does that mean for you and then I just said not stepping on it goodbye like I don't I don't need to I don't need to do it so but I think we're talking about something important which is our culture has been obsessed with the number on the scale it's been obsessed with like Targeting people who do not fit a certain body type and saying you need to lose weight and that's the answer And I think what we're all saying right now is that we don't believe that it is We also believe there's a lot of science that's not really out there yet around or that's not really being addressed Around larger bodies like we, we automatically make an assumption that a smaller body is healthy and a larger body is unhealthy And those are just those are just not factual yeah. And so just giving people permission to unsubscribe from that narrative. And then I've said this before on the podcast and I just want to reiterate, we, we deeply appreciate all the physicians and, and the doctors out there who are helping us support our, our um, you know, medical journeys. And it's okay if somebody doesn't uh, vibe with you. It's okay <laughs> if, you're, if you are showing up in self-advocacy and they're not available for that. It's okay to say, thank you for showing me your approach. That approach might work for somebody else. And I'm going to pick a physician that matches my approach and I can feel heard and seen. If you leave your doctor's office and you don't feel heard and seen, that's okay. It's time to find a new doctor. Mm. Yeah. Yeah,
3: absolutely. And it's hard (laughs) sometimes Mm -hmm. to advocate for yourself. But for sure, like everything you were saying, I absolutely agree with. And I do also wanna shed light that there is a lot of research done on health at every size. So if you look mm, into what, yeah. health at every size, there is a lot of research backing that, that our health is not dependent on our size. And mm. I think a really key message here for me, and one that I communicate to my clients often is that you know our focus on weight, right? We were just talking about how that's not so helpful, but to bring that into perspective even more, weight is not a behavior. It's not something we can do, like or focus on that number on the scale. Like we can't do weight. <laughs> it's not a behavior. Wow. And the like everything you were saying, movement and rest and joy and connection and building a healthy relationship with food, like all of those things are behaviors. Those are things that we can do. We can do those things. We can't do weight.
2: Hey there, if you're enjoying the WeShape podcast and you've heard us talk about WeShape before, then you're probably thinking to yourself, hey, what is WeShape? Well, at WeShape, we create personalized at-home workouts for every single one of our members. These are workouts where every single movement is customized to you to help you connect with your body and care for your body in a much more meaningful way. We also have a community of people there to support you, to help uplift you as you examine your beliefs, set new intentions, and again, start showing up for yourself as an active. of self-care, rather than trying to do your workouts as an act of self-judgment. And hey, if you're a fan of the podcast, we also do a live podcast discussion group on Zoom, as well as other Q&As, as well as free challenges for all of our members to help you get motivated, to actually start taking action, to caring for yourself so you can feel better in your body and about your body. So if you want to try We Shape for free for two full weeks, go to weshape.com backslash podcast and you can get started today. <laughs>
0: That's a perspective shift. What? I mean, it's so, it's just so funny to me that this is. This is just like, oh, my gosh, what foreign information? I know. Yeah, right? Yeah. <laughs>
1: I, I always joke about this, and it comes up on the podcast a lot, but like intuitive eating being so not intuitive because mm, it's we're not. not taught to listen to ourselves. Yeah. Like when I go to the doctor, I'm like, that person's the authority. They know my body better than I do. They are going to tell me how to be in this body. And that's not true. I'm the authority on my body mm-hmm. and what feels good and what is right for me. Um, I think that's such an important piece of the intuitive Approach is like actually, you do know what's best for you, and you can tap in and you can tell. You just need to give yourself the space to do so. And that
0: reparenting and those messages like the messages that we hear in our mind around. You can't have that or that's bad or that's too much sugar. Or you need to have the a, food rules. Th- those are those. That is not who we are innately. Those no. are messages that we've been given from our culture. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, like even last night when you were at my house and Macy was like, can I have another popsicle? Mm-hmm. And I said, just check in with your body. Does your how does your body feel? And she was like, my body feels like it wants another popsicle. I said, well, mm-hmm. then go get another popsicle. Do you know what I mean? Like, I think a real an older version of me would have been like, nope, you already had one too much sugar. And it's like, yeah, it just and, and guess what? I think we think, especially as parents, that if we allow that, then it won't stop. Right. She didn't ask me for a third Popsicle. Right. She stopped. Yeah. She stopped. And so it was like she listened. It's like I'd rather her have two Popsicles or three or what, and just listen to her body and mm-hmm. teach her those skills than be like, my opinion is that two is too many. Right? I had two Popsicles last night too. It's like we can just <laughs> like let it go. We can just let it go. That's a
1: choice too. Yeah. That leads me into actually something that I really wanted to ask you, which is kind of a complicated question because I have like an opinion about it, but I don't know that many facts about it. And it's something that comes up a lot, which we talk about. It comes up in our community. It comes up on the podcast. But like emotional eating Mm -hmm. is like this big word that people are like, well, I'm I'm emotionally eating. (laughs) And um, I guess my curiosity is because for me, sometimes I think that emotional eating can be like almost an okay part of my intuitive eating journey. Like mm-hmm. that I am getting comfort from this food. I am enjoying myself. This is bringing me a happy experience that I really cherish and value. Um, but it's often, I think given a little bit of like a, that bad morality that we use around food rules or like, this is bad, this is good. And we want to walk away from those things, I think in our intuitive journey, um, with eating, but I, I, I don't know, like it still seems like it Connotates as a negative to me, like into emotional eating. Ooh, I don't know. Like, shouldn't be doing that. And I'm like, but is that always true? Like, is there a way to do that that's okay?
3: Yeah, it's a really good question because I love you know helping people who identify as like, oh, I'm an emotional eater, and that's such a bad thing. They label <laughs> right? themselves like, mm-hmm. I'm an emotional yeah. eater.
1: X mark on the spot, yeah, you know? <laughs> like so
3: bad of me, right? Yeah, right. absolutely. And I've been there myself too, and I still eat emotionally and I think you're absolutely onto something and I would agree with you that emotional eating absolutely is okay sometimes right Right. like we have so many different coping mechanisms that we could choose from right and this is where maybe emotional eating would be like okay yeah you know what that's fine and all is is good and dandy or that's something to maybe pay attention to a little bit more and Mm -hmm. shift how we feel is really is it making you feel after doing whatever form of emotional eating this is is it making you feel better afterwards are you going into a shame guilt spiral Mm -hmm. feeling off in your body it's bringing you down like you're just feeling sluggish like is it leading into binging right what are the behaviors surrounding the emotional eating and how do you feel about it and then that would give us clues to whether that's like kind of like more of a healthy coping mechanism that we were looking at mm. or one that's just making us spiral and feel even worse, right? Because we know that there's there could be so many different coping mechanisms and even distraction or numbing, sometimes things like that, eating, right? Sometimes that's all that's available to us if the emotions are feeling so big. And if the emotions are feeling so big that we only have those things that are like quick and easy for us to do in the moment that will make us feel just a little bit more calm or whatever that may be. Then okay, that's fine. We don't need to beat ourselves up about that. But again, yeah. if it's feeling like something that's bringing us into more shame, more guilt, more off feeling more like, ugh, then yeah, we would want to like, look at that a little bit differently <laughs> and make it feel like more of a positive experience and not such a negative one
1: that's a great differentiation to think about what else is this like touching and how else is this affecting my experience? Because Mm -hmm. I definitely think that food, you know, in my experience is it's meant to be pleasurable.
2: Like it keeps us alive.
1: It's a survival thing. Like it's tied into our DNA to enjoy eating Mm -hmm. (laughs) We're we need it. And, um, so yeah, I, I think about that sometimes when I, you know, back in my consistent dieting days where like food was not meant to be enjoyable ever. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And I'm like, this doesn't feel right. This doesn't feel like it's clicking with my intuitive experience of eating but there are times of course where you kind of go a little overboard and you're like i don't feel so great and i really probably didn't need maybe that third fourth or fifth popsicle (laughs) (laughs) yeah exactly And i think you
0: bring up a good point jen just around that this is where it always comes back and i think that people want i think the reason why we like diets is because diets give us control Mm -hmm. because they give us a plan because they make things black and white yeah for sure but um i think that the, the more we, you know, are doing this podcast and working with our community and evolving here at WeShape, I think what we're discovering is that it's actually like your relationship with yourself is the most important thing and no diet or plan mm-hmm. or perspective outside of you. I mean, they're all pieces of information, but the real – we all have that internal compass, that internal wisdom, and that relationship with self as we, as we reach for that, as we cultivate that, as we look for that internal validation versus that external validation – that, that, that's where the answers are and and those answers are not going to be the same for everybody right. so that's why this idea to me this idea of one size fits everything in terms of fitness and nutrition and everything <laughs> it's like that to me is like the furthest point you can reach for for your for, for for in terms of connecting with yourself so if what i have found is that the 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 more i reach for that part of myself the more peace, the more contentment, the more serenity I have. And so just thinking about this idea of like this prescriptive exercise plan with this prescriptive diet, that is like way over there. And we're actually trying to get people to just slowly keep walking towards themselves, (laughs) which ultimately means we're not going to be able to prescribe you a number of times. Like when people come in, they're like, oh, how many times a week do I work out? like, I don't know. What do you think? They're like, <laughs> can't quite digest that feedback. Yeah. Or what diet do I do? Or what's this? Or how do I be good? Or how do I that? It's like those are not questions that are bringing you closer to you. Right. And I know that going closer to you can feel out of control. Yeah. It can feel scary. I didn't say sprint towards that. I said we just slowly move towards that. And over time – That slow motion towards like, I'm going to just keep reaching for my internal compass. I believe, you know, it's a little bit of surrender. It's a little bit of trust. But step by step, it will lead us to this, Okay, I'm safe. I'm okay. I don't have to reach for that diet. I don't have to reach for that prescriptive exercise plan. I can trust my experience on the inside. Takes yeah. a while, takes some time, but I believe that's, and I also believe it's a lifelong journey. I don't oh, think yeah. that shit happens overnight. So <laughs> <it> does anything? <laughs> yeah.
1: yeah, yeah. I think you bring up Absolutely. such a good point, though, about the one size fits all approach. I think that we're so in this mm-hmm. social media age where, like, I might have a couple years ago seen a woman on the internet who had a body type. I, of course, we all have our own preferences. Think is the best one, and then I'm like, what if I eat and do exactly what she does? Mm-hmm. Will I look like that? And mm-hmm. I think that we're sold the idea that yes, we will. And I'm probably taller than her or whatever. It doesn't matter what's different about me and her. But like this idea that if I did the exact same thing as someone else, I would have the exact same result is actually like pretty much the definition of of madness because it's not (laughs) possible.
0: No. And I think it brings full circle to what Jen was saying when she opened, which is okay. So let's say you get there. Yeah. Then what? Right. I promise you that is not going to be fulfilling and peaceful and it's going to be still doesn't feel good enough Mm. still doesn't feel I still don't feel right I didn't think it's never what we think it's going to be and that's the entire reason we started we shape is because we watched thousands of people in our old uh, company strive and reach and try so hard and some of them would get there and they would still be unhappy Mm -hmm. and I was like this is not the answer we got to. we got to shift here yeah we gotta shift it's so
1: true Mm -hmm. and there's another piece as well that comes up for me when i think about the times in my life where i dieted and was arguably successful at it there it's a free fall while you're like not eating enough super restrictive behaviors which for me the more i restrict something the more i think about it and then the more that i want to have it (laughs) like it occupies a bigger place in my brain than if i just have no real feelings around it either way, um, It's like you might get there. And then to try to find balance after that, when you've been spending maybe a year like having celery sticks as a snack, you're like, how do I, what do I do now? There's not really a lot of, um, I don't know, good information in my opinion around like how to come out of that kind mm. of steep nosedive. We're taught to diet excessively, do it this way, have a really limited calorie intake. And then it's like, good luck carry on with your life like yeah. and you're like but i only know one or the other i don't really know how to do this in between thing and that's where i think intuitive eating has like such a beautiful place is that it's not asking you to do this like massive calorie reduction or in or addition it's just like how to be how to feel free how to enjoy food how to like love yourself
3: Yeah, for sure. And that's like exactly how I would sum it up as well. And even like putting it into maybe a visual for
1: (laughs) video purposes.
3: The um all of the external things, right? Like just a simple like external is all out here. That's like the scale, the meal plans, the calories, the macros, blah 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 blah, blah. whatever plans, diets, etc. That's all out here and your inner wisdom's in here and we're like Mm. coming from this outer layer towards our inner wisdom but what this outer layer does is it puts these like shells on top of our inner wisdom and we have to peel those back right we have to Mm. do the unlearning like i said like unlearning these things to come back to that inner wisdom and that takes time it's totally not an overnight thing and i think that's where that like this can get frustrating. This intuitive eating work can get frustrating mm-hmm. because we are so used to this prescriptive, mm-hmm. do this, do exactly this. And you will get exactly mm-hmm. this. <laughs> That's just right, not yeah. l- how life works. And as humans, you want that. You want all the answers. But if the answers aren't handed to you, it's harder. It's harder to come and <laughs> yeah. listen to yourself. Totally. Right. We're not used to listening to ourselves. And I think this comes to an idea I like to tell my clients in terms of, really the like neuroplasticity of this work and how our brains change as we're doing it. So if you think about like on one hand, being really steeped in diets and diet culture and focused on that and eating celery sticks for snacks, right, whatever this is, we're focused really on that. And we wanna get to this place of more peace, like the food freedom, Mm -hmm. like I've described, right? Where we don't feel that obsessed, stressed, wild way about food. We just feel calm. We feel like we can be around food and it's chill. To get from there to there, right? it's going to take some work because we have these things in our brains called neural pathways. And those neural pathways is like the behaviors that we're doing are built through those neural pathways in our brain. So you could think of the neural pathway like a easy route for the behavior to happen. So you have your Mm. around food. You got to obsess about it. You got to stress about it. You have to do it clean. You'd have to do it all these ways that your neural pathways and your brain have learned for you to go down. So you think of food, you think of, oh, got to be good, got to eat right, got to do all these shoulds, got to follow these rules that are in your beliefs. And that like diet culture neural pathway, if you will, is a well-walked one. It's like a paved mm-hmm. highway. It's just, whoop zip. you go down it like <laughs> super fast, it's ingrained. right? It's super ingrained. And then when we're learning to do something different, like intuitive eating, it's like we're walking through the weeds. We're like in over our heads and we're like, help, I don't know the it's direction. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right, it's You're on new. a hike, you have a compass. Good yeah, luck. you're like, uh, I can't see, <laughs> right? I don't know the path forward our brains just aren't familiar with it yet. And our brains really like to resist change. So Mm -hmm. we need to challenge those like deep rooted beliefs in diet culture land and then rewrite them with these new more helpful neural pathways. But it's gonna take you walking through the weeds, stamping down that new path, continuing Mm -hmm. to go down it and practice and practice and repetition to get to a place of it feeling more intuitive. That's like how you said, Intuitive eating does not feel intuitive, but it doesn't because we're not used to it, right? When we do get used to it, and I can say from my own experience of being someone who's been there and now I'm I'm teaching this stuff, it does start to feel more intuitive. The more you practice, the more you um, embody all of these things and just have this beautiful dynamic interplay with your body and what it's trying to communicate to you through different skills and tools of course we can use to get there but you can think of it like that way like this diet culture focus that I'm like focus on weight focus on these strict rules blah blah blah. so that's a highway this new food freedom (laughs) thing is the weeds (laughs) and we need to like find our way through them to make that a new highway
1: Right. And the beautiful thing yeah. about that that analogy, which I love so much, is that, you know, we're all on this highway together. But the beautiful thing about when you go on a trail and you've maybe you've been on a walk recently or a hike, hopefully you've been able to get outside, like you see a trail someone's gone down a couple times it's still pretty grassy and you're like i don't know if i should go that way but then as time goes on and people keep walking that path it gets darker and darker and more stamped into the ground and you know hey a lot of people have gone that direction Mm -hmm. like this is safe so it's not only happening in your own brain as you practice this it's happening around you as well like i know when i have a a tough you know intuitive eating journey experience i'm like well katie's right there with me and we're doing this together and like we have this ability to check in with one another and say like is this feeling right am i doing good and i love it because we call each other out yeah Like, that's kind of BS, girl. Yeah. <laughs> you're like, oh my God. Yeah, totally. Yeah. yeah. And it's, it's a beautiful thing. And, and, and like, I don't know, I always use a different analogy, but like, the higher you hold your lantern, the more people can see it. Mm-hmm. And I really do have hope that like, there is a time and a place where we won't be on that super highway of diet culture where it's like, these are all of the important metrics to success. And if you don't have these, you're not winning at life. Like, get on that little dirt path guys like we can do this it's usually more
3: beautiful on that little dirt path too yeah
0: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) that's beautiful well it's been such a pleasure to talk to you jen and just to get uh, you know continued perspective on this journey because i know so many of us you know nina and i too have struggled with this and To know that there's another option, I think, is is an incredible opportunity to just give people this permission. So, before we let you go, though, I'd love uh, for you to share with us where people can find you.
3: Yeah, absolutely. It's been my pleasure to talk about this. I could talk about this stuff all day, and I do think the more often we have these conversations, the more it's expanding and giving people space to step into this and not be stuck Mm. on that diet culture roller coaster that we don't (laughs) feel good on, right? So. Yeah, if anyone's listening, know that you can do it. I think that's something that I commonly hear too. of like, oh, other people can do it, but not me. No, no. you yeah. Like, you can do this too. So don't lose hope and, and don't stop trying. So... If you want to connect with me, I am on Instagram at The Intuitive Nutritionist, and that is also my website. You can head to my website. I have a free quiz all about um, binge eating and how to overcome binge eating. So that is linked on my website to theintuitivenutritionist.com quiz. And then I also have a podcast. If you enjoy podcasts, you enjoy listening to this, you can listen to my podcast. It's called Intuitively You.
0: Well, I beautiful. love that. That's so yeah. wonderful. Well, thank you so much again, Jen. And uh, if you need to get in touch with us, you can always reach us at podcast at And we will see you all next week. Thanks again. Thank Bye. you. Thank you so much for listening, and we hope you enjoyed today's show. Now, before you go, it would mean a lot to us if you could take a moment right now to subscribe to the podcast and then leave us a review. This helps spread the word so more people can feel lighter by shedding one belief at a time. Also, we want to hear from you. So if this episode impacted you or you have any questions that you think would be great for us or any of our future guests, please feel free to email us at podcast at and finally, if you want to try WeShape's different approach to health and fitness, remember that right now you can sign up for WeShape's Feel Good Challenge and get access to everything WeShape has to offer for free. Just click the link in our podcast description or go to weshape.com challenge to sign up.